Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello! You have once again stumbled upon the three questions. I'm Andy Richter, and my guest here today is somebody that I've known for a very, very long time. Uh, we've never liked each other much. <laughs> it's, al- it's, it's always been it's always, <laughs> it's always been stressful. It's always been tense. I like you. <laughs> oh shit! I thought it was mutual. Uh, ladies and gents, it's uh, Jerry Miner. The very, very funny Jerry Miner. How are you? I'm good. Good, good. good. Um, so, how are you? I'm doing well. Yeah, I haven't seen you in a long time. Yeah, it's been yeah, a little yeah. bit. It has been, it's yeah. good to see you. Yeah, good to see you. Uh, what are you up to these days? I am doing uh, a play uh, right now, a, a musical um, that's about Michael Jackson's glove. <laughs> and, <laughs> did you uh, write it or I did not write it yeah, uh, yeah. another fellow write it and a fellow wrote it and he was after me for a couple of years to do this yeah and then um, he got in contact with me a couple of years and goes uh, you know hey do you want to do this play and I'm like oh you know and then I listened to the music it's yeah. a musical and really liked it and so I'm like hey you know if you want to do that play I'm, I, I'd still want to do it and then the documentary came out on HBO and I'm like well they won't be doing that play yeah yeah um, but uh, you know the play doesn't really deal with that thing um, it's mostly his early life and it's a comedy like I said it's about his glove and, yeah and, yeah and so it's a it's a big it's like um, you know Sid and Marty Croft like you know, yeah, puppets yeah. in it. Um, it's it's a uh, so it's absurd enough that yes. you don't have to worry too much about the you got it the icky part. <laughs> yes, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I find uh, he's such like he's such a divisive <laughs> character now yeah, too, especially now, yeah. because like it's. African American people are really, really protective of him. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, no, a lot of people are like, sure. refuse to believe, like it's like mm-hmm. a religion or something. And it's mm-hmm. kind of like, well, there's a lot of smoke there. Yeah, yeah. You know, right. so I oh. guess there's got to be some fire because, you know. Yeah, well, and there was also the kind of defiance that he had. I mean, we saw it, you know, yeah. in, in the interview of like, you know, well, hey, is this normal? And I'm like, what? The, of course it's normal, you know. <laughs> right, 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 right. But, you know, he also had this life of like doing every, whatever he wanted, you know, yeah, have yeah. enough money to do whatever he wanted. So yeah. it's such a, a, a weird, and, and I've met, you know, I've met so many people that have been involved with him. You know, I, I know people that that slept in the bed with him, you know, that they're, yeah. they're people that we work with now. Right, right, you know? right, right. Um, so it, it's just a, 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 it's just a mix of, of 
a, a mess. You yeah. Know? <laughs> it is a pretty – it's like one of the most unique like stories of just like the power of fame and genius combined. Mm-hmm. Not just fame but like also like he was a genius. Mm-hmm. So – but but I honestly don't know – I can't think of anybody – that people are so protect that are so protective of even as much as weird crazy shit that happened mm-hmm. and i do think that because there's a sympathy towards well yeah what it's like to be a child star mm-hmm. have an abusive parent mm-hmm. Be an African American in today's world, mm-hmm. and also I think be gay. Like yeah. I just think he was just gay, you know. <laughs> That's you very much like the, the whole story of yeah. what this, uh, this yeah. play is about. Yeah. Right? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, because yeah. I know, I can't remember who I was talking to, but it was somebody as a older homosexual who knew him and said like he was just gay he t- <laughs> and just like and that he but he just was like he had such a fucking weird life that like mm-hmm. it just came out in such a weird permutation you know but. Yeah, you know, and we explore a little bit of that. Uh, you know, the writer wanted me to do it because uh, he knew about my background. I grew up a Jehovah's Witness, and yeah, and and that's oh, what we'll talk family. about that. <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but he wanted me to do it because I knew this experience. And you know, when I was a kid, and we knew about him, and you know, that was always a rumor. Ex- ex- you know, I lived in Michigan, and obviously he was in California, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But for me, it was like, oh, he says he's a Jehovah's Witness, but I didn't believe it because, you know, he was like outperforming and doing right, stuff. Right, right, right. And so later on, the story came out, you know, that he was and then he, he left. But the writer wanted me to do it just because he thought how much of like that teaching affected him in his later life and yeah. not maybe wanting to admit he was gay or even suppressing his sexuality, you know, and all. And and that was something that I could bring to him and go, yeah, well, I can show you the literature that, you know, I was given when I was a kid and yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. So I don't know how much it affected him later on, but right. I know how it affected people that I was around. And, yeah, you know, yeah. And, and a lot, you know, I saw a lot of people who actually would join uh, that organization because they were trying to suppress their sexuality. Yeah. You know, I, I saw it in my own family. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me that he took on some of that, you know, some of that thinking, and at least it was in his family. Yeah. Of, um, you know, I that there's just no way that I could be gay or, or, right. or you know, maybe even sexual too, you know, yeah, in, yeah. in any way. Right. You know, that's, that's what I learned, like any kind of sexuality outside of marriage. And outside of trying to make babies is is, is bad. You yeah, know? yeah. So. Yeah, and I think too. I mean, just that stunted childhood, like you know, no childhood. That's that fucks with you. You know, mm-hmm. it's got it. It causes some. Was Prince was it was Prince a witness too? He was later on in life. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's, yeah. It's he weird to be a late onset witness. You know, it's. I think. Yeah. That's, although you know what, I have cousins mm-hmm. that. In their, I don't know, thirties, became witnesses. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it just, I just, I you know, it seems like it's such a, it's one of those ones that's so rigid mm-hmm. that for people that are looking for just some kind of vessel to hold them, yeah, and to give them a reason to just, I don't know, they're looking for like a strict parent or something, you know. That says I mean, we all are in a way, you know. Yeah, so yeah. and that that says a lot. And then also, I mean, you know, you can you can kind of get trapped in it too, you know. Yeah, you, can get, yeah. uh, you get along and you start studying, you start doing these things, you start learning things, and then all of a sudden you start believing in it, and it's just almost like a um, a social, you know, thing where you go, well, I, I have to do this, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah. 
it's really weird. And I grew up in it, which is different, but I mean, I saw people, I, I helped people in, you know, yeah, in yeah. that way of like, all of a sudden you're in now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? So you're, you're from uh, Flint, Michigan, yeah? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, and, but you didn't, you weren't born there, right? You, I was born in Memphis, but I went there when we moved. When you were tiny. Was like really yeah, tough. yeah. yeah and I your folks remember. were witnesses, were they born witnesses? Or? My mom yeah. was, my dad was. My mom and dad got divorced early on, so I don't remember, but yeah. Um, my mom became a witness. She was really um, into religion, it seemed like. And then when I was around six or seven years old, she started studying with the witnesses. They came to our house. Yeah. Um, but I also had an aunt uh, who lived in Memphis mm-hmm. who was one. And so she was, my mom was kind of familiar with the whole organization and stuff. So it was, but it was when you were seven. It wasn't like mm-hmm. it was always there. No, I do yeah. remember us becoming and going, starting to go to the meetings and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And do you question it at all when you're that little? I mean, the strictness of it and the no celebrating birthdays and Christmas and all that kind of thing. Is that, you know? I did. Because that know, shit's got to be weird to a kid. That you know? was weird to me. Yeah. And, you know, and it would, it, it was starting to be like, I wanted to be a Cub Scout. And I didn't know that there was a rule against Cub Scouts because they're, they're, it's a Christian organization right. and, they, and they, they don't, you know, fellowship with other Christians. Or right. People. There's only one way. Yeah. There's only one way. So yeah. I didn't understand like, well, why can't I be a Cub Scout? And they go like, well, we have arts and crafts down here. And I'm like, there's no arts and crafts here. This is, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just listening to somebody, you know. Yeah, yeah. But there was always an alternative like, oh, no, you don't want to play football. You want to like, you know, go house to house and door right. to door. Yeah, so watchtowers. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it was weird to me as a kid. Yeah. And it so you didn't, you, you couldn't play sports because they like frowned upon it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, any kind of like extracurricular activity. I had to even like, my mom was, I used to say, my joke is uh, my mom was Jehovah's Key Witness. <laughs> she was really into it. <laughs> Star Witness. <laughs> so she like, uh, yeah, she took me out of marching band. Uh, wow. Uh, and there were other witnesses that were in the marching band. They stayed. And I'm like, what? They get to, yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah. What, why do I? That's such like a classic uh, cult. <laughs> yeah, yeah, deal, yeah, you yeah. Know? I know. Yeah, like a, the isolation thing. You mm-hmm. know, it's like it's so, so strange. Mm-hmm. Well, was there aspects of it that you liked that you found sort of? I, I imagined like just anything because you know I went to, I went to church as a kid and I never really believed. I've mm-hmm. always kind of just naturally been agnostic just because mm-hmm. I, like as a kid, I just was like, wait, if I if a if I step on a bug, does that bug go to heaven? You know, and I think <laughs> yes. even as a yeah yeah even as a, as a kid, I thought like, how can there just be? How can one just be right? right. You know, they're all different. You know, mm-hmm. um, and also we had. I went to church. We uh, it was a for a small town. It was pretty. It's a United Church of Christ, which is a pretty oh, liberal mm-hmm. church. Mm-hmm. And yes. we had a really great minister that was very charismatic, and and uh, I really liked him. And so I was in church, like I say, not believing, but just because I liked. Sort of, it was like a philosophical place, mm-hmm. and it was, and you know, and it was a lot of my friends went, and so it was like a sense of community. And is that sort of one of the things that kind of kept you going, or? I guess that um, well, what kept me going is because I had to. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was afraid I was going to die in Armageddon. So right. that's, <laughs> that's it. Oops. <laughs> um, you know, because my dad, you know, divorced, and he goes to a church, and he goes to uh, an AME church, uh-huh. uh, and um, and there it's the same kind of thing. It's more, more, a lot more about the community to do a lot of like yeah. outreach and, and stuff like that. And um, I, I have no problem with that church. I love going. And yeah, I love, yeah. You know, going with them. Um, yeah, I think 
I mean, some of the good things that I got from it, I think, are public speaking. Yeah. Because I was trained to be a public speaker. From oh, the, to get, know, up and, yeah, get up and yeah, yeah. Talk to people. Yeah. And also talking to people. Oh, right, door, right. You know. Sure. So I feel that like that is I'm, true. That's like, that's like performance. Mm-hmm. You know, that is performance. Because yeah. And I definitely felt comfortable. You yeah. Know, I mean, the first thing I did when I left was I started performing. You know, yeah. I didn't know how to relate to people other than being a class clown at, at school and getting up in front of talking. You know, yeah, getting, yeah. And, and, talking in front of people. So the I think the week that I, I left the church, um, I was- up, At what was, age? Um, 19, 19? 20, 20. Yeah. Um, I was up in front of an audience like that that week. I'm like, well, I got to do something. and <laughs> do, Doing stand-up? <laughs> Trying to do stand-up. Wow, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> Trying now, was, was being funny uh, a, a problem when you were in the witnesses? You well, know, it was something that I could do because I, I couldn't like play sports and I couldn't do a lot of like extracurricular activities. Um, I was allowed to do quiz bowl my senior year, mm-hmm. which I think if I'd have gone a little bit longer, they would taking me out of that too yeah yeah but um some of the uh, quizzing (laughs) you too much knowledge there was a thing of people thought that jehovah's witnesses were dumb because they don't go to college and and they discourage kids uh, seeking a higher education and um this competition was good it's also classic and i know like don't don't learn anything yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) it's like i love one of the things i love about scientology is like that they're like so anti-psychiatry and mental health professionals because it's like, I don't know. It's just like, it's like, it's like, you know, mice being against cats, you know, it's just (laughs) like, I mean, because it's like the thing that will help you realize how fucked up this is, is like, yeah, stay away from that. You don't want mental health. It's the most evil thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, also because, you know, L. Ron Hubbard, his whole system, he took that to the American Psychiatry Association early on, and they told him, get out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that started that. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, and a lot of things are like that, too. You know, I had no idea that a lot of the things that Jehovah's Witnesses have have gotten into their practices are because the early leader, like, they don't they don't have facial hair, at least in the United States. Yeah. And it was because the second leader, who was a lot of times like, that's the guy who really, like, turns it up. Yeah. Um, didn't want people to have facial hair because the first leader had it. Wow, and that's on, that's the only reason. Because I when, was always when, like, why can't I have a beard? When did it start? What it I'm started? Charles Charles Russell started it in the, around the turn of the century, so like the late eighteen hundreds. Yeah, um, and then the um, the second um, guy, it was like a schism. Yeah, it still is. So yeah. the, the the group that the first guy started still is going. It has oh, really? Their own little thing, very small. Yeah. And the second guy made it big. He made, turned them into Jehovah's Witnesses. He came up with that name. Uh, they were just called Bible students, and that was after the turn of century, like around the, between the nineteen fifteen and nineteen twenty. Yeah, so I like to think that that, that the little the first Bible students are all now just have huge beards. <laughs> <laughs> just, yes. Even the women just <laughs> big beards. We'll show. You um, well now. Uh, uh, so when you're funny, do, mm-hmm. are they like? Are you funny at at church? No. Or, do you call it church? Do you call it church? Or no, you, they just go to meetings. Meetings, I mean, yeah. You know, they they call the ch- the church the congregation, so the yeah. people that gather there. But the building they call Kingdom Hall. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and you're not. You can't really be funny there. No, I don't think there's that much opportunity to be yeah, funny. Yeah, there. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, are you? Uh, 
Are, were you funny when you were passing out watchtowers ever? Mm, no. no, 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 just at school. That yeah, was just yeah. to relate to normal people. Right, right. Know? So, yeah, I mean, you can't do anything else. Right. Class clown. Were you a wise ass too? Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Probably it was so, it was also bottled up. Yeah. Get, yeah, go to yeah, school, yeah. I can get it all out. Oh, right. Man, I, I would think about like, oh, it's Friday. I got like Saturday and Sunday to come up with some new bits and things to tease people with, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then my Monday, I was ready to go. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I think I always think because I think because I mean I wasn't I I wasn't like I wouldn't say I was class clown, but I was like class wise ass. Mm-hmm. Like I was, and I mean, yeah. <laughs> and I get you know like they, and they were I mean because too it was like in high school like teachers that were just. I just knew we're dumber than yes, me. Yes, of course. I just fucking would roast them yes. until they get they get mad. Yeah. And and in retrospect, I look back on it, and it's just because I was so frustrated at my own lack of power in my life. And it was that in general, or just uh, you mean just as a ch- as a child growing up, you just like, oh, I don't have enough power. Um, it was it was as a child. Mm-hmm. It was like. You know, divorces and moving mm-hmm. and just feeling like, you know, uh, yeah. and just like there was just all these different things that happened to me that just, you know, and even like when my mom remarried because mm-hmm. uh, she wanted to have more kids, like she changed. It was such a, it, it was between second and third grade. Mm-hmm. And she wanted, um, and because my, my dad didn't have any money. And and her new husband had was had a you know thriving plumbing business, mm-hmm. and so she wanted us to be he she wanted him to adopt us, so mm-hmm. he became our legal father, and my dad signed off on it because mm-hmm. he felt like he couldn't support us mm-hmm. and he didn't support us, mm-hmm. um, but she wanted to have more kids, so she wanted us all to have the same last name. So I was. Richter is my my dad's name was my born name, but her second husband was named Swanson, mm-hmm. and she had it changed our names when he adopted us to Swanson. Mm-hmm. So, at whatever that is, second grade, when I was seven, eight years old, I got a new last name. Yeah, right? Like, what am I? T- <laughs> yeah, it's like, I, and it just was like, oh, you're getting a new last name, and it was funny too because I switched. Schools. We moved to a different town, and you said you were born in Michigan, and then you moved to yeah, Michigan for just a minute. Okay, and then I we I lived in Indiana for a little bit, but mm-hmm. I mean mostly in Illinois, mostly oh, okay. seventy mm-hmm. miles west of Chicago, in kind of a small town. And mm-hmm. when my folks divorced, we moved back in with my grandparents, who, uh-huh. and that was like the ancestral home in Yorkville, Illinois. Mm-hmm. But um, I, it was funny because since I changed schools, I I in my mind. And, you know, at the time I thought, I don't like the way Andy Swanson sounds. Mm-hmm. And my full name is Paul Andrew Richter. And my mom called me Andrew for some reason. And my, my older brother is, goes by his middle name, too. Mm-hmm. Just some weird thing, which actually became really handy with bill collectors. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> no, they, call, they call for Paul and I'd be like, this oh, no. is his roommate, Glenn. <laughs> uh, if I, whenever we call for Paul, I'd be like, he's not here. Yeah. Um, but I decided Paul Swanson sounded better. So uh-huh. when I went to a new school, I became Paul Swanson. And in retrospect, it was such like a desperate attempt to reclaim yes. some kind sure. of control, control. over yes. this. Like, you're going to change my name? Well, I'm going to have some say in it, and I'm mm-hmm. going to change it too. And then after two years, uh, 
my grandfather died and the, my grandma couldn't keep up this big house. So we moved back into their house and added on to it. And I moved back to school and I came back and I'm like, uh, I'm Paul Swanson and all these kids that I've been to second grade were like, no, you're not. You're Andy. And I'm like, no, all right, I'm Andy. Because I was Andy at home anyway, you know. So I was like, all right, I'm Andy. So then I was I was Andy Swanson until I was 18, 19 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I changed it. My dad asked me to change it back, and I did. I, I went through the legal process of changing it back, which I'm happy to do. I mean, I don't really give a shit one way or the other. But, sure. you know, name's a name. But, but anyway, were you funny yeah. then? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, and I was, I was a, I was a, a smartass. Yeah, I, you know. But just like, and it, and it was fun. And there were, and I, I mean, and you can use it too. Like, teachers are mad at you, and if you make them laugh, mm-hmm. I there were so many times <laughs> when a teacher would be mad at me and be yelling at me, and I'd say something that would make them laugh. And you could just, they're just yes. so fucking, it's such a, it's such a magic trick to like turn an adult, like to, to turn off their anger and yes. fucking like to con, like control them, you know, <laughs> manipulate an adult. It was so thrilling, you know? Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, but I didn't think about, I, I mean, I, you know, I didn't think about, did you think about doing it professionally? No. Yeah. No, not at all. Yeah. No, not, it not wasn't just... until 19, I mean, when you, when you started to do stand up, did had you thought had it in your mind or was it just no no i thought you know that was that was the stand up boom you know it was yeah, the, yeah. late 80s and you're still in detroit right yeah still in yeah, flint yeah. yeah and um you know there wasn't that much uh comedy around town but there people were doing it like in detroit and so the first thing i started doing is first i went to like the local clubs and like hey you know <laughs> while these people are dancing i go up to the dj and say like, hey can i tell some jokes <laughs> oh my god really <laughs> I did that. Holy shit, that's I, bold. The first time I did stand-up, I went with a friend of mine. I'm like, I think I'm going to try it at this uh, at the club. Because they, they say they do it at comedy clubs, right? It's, that's a club. Yeah, yeah. So I went up to the DJ and I said, hey, um, can I tell some jokes? And I could see the DJ's like, oh, you want to tell? Yeah. And he stops the music <laughs> like, hey, everybody, this guy wants to tell jokes. And like just a booze. Oh, and, of course. <laughs> I didn't get a, two words out. <laughs> and there was a guy that was like standing right in my face going, sit down. <laughs> So that's such a bad idea. So then I started like looking. I'm like, okay, maybe I should look in the phone book at like places that actually do comedy. And there's a couple of places like in Detroit. And so I drove down there and asked them, you know, if I could get up and, you know, they'd be like, that's called showcasing. Yeah, yeah. And I I started, that's the way I started. Yeah. I do want to backtrack just one second. Mm -hmm. And just in the decision process of getting out of the Jehovah's Witnesses, Mm -hmm. like what? How did that? How did that evolve? When did you first start to feel like I gotta, I gotta get out of this? Well, I flipped out and got kicked out. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> that that just wasn't meant to rhyme. I'm not Nipsey Russell here. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wish you were. Oh, I wish you were. I, uh, I got kicked out. Um, I just had a, I had a night where I went and did the most debaucherous things that I could think of, and then was guilty about it and went right to the elders, what they call them, and and told them. And I kept having these problems, and was just like, I, I just don't know what's happening. And and I really think that what I wanted was out. Yeah. Um, I was still living with my mom, couldn't figure out a way to get out. You know, and all my friends are going to college. You yeah. know, that weren't Jehovah's Witnesses. Right, right. They're going places. Did you have a job? I did have a job, yeah. I was working uh, at night. And also my neighborhood had turned uh, from, you know, like a regular neighborhood that was kind of mixed where we had white and black people to uh, Crack Central. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it was like- What prost- year is this about? 88, 89. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's like, you know, 
prostitutes turning tricks in front of my house and finding uh-huh. kind of murders, you know. It yeah, just, yeah. It just completely changed. Um, and, uh, you know, this all this stuff is around me. Now, I don't know. I'm thinking that this is just the world as in general. I don't right. know that, like, no, that's your neighborhood. That's yeah, yeah, too. yeah. And so, um, I, uh, yeah, I just, I, I flipped out. Um, <laughs> had sex, did drugs all the same night, and went and told. Um, and was wow, su- now that's you know, kudos that <laughs> <laughs> you can just you know people people work hard at that shit. You just you know happens all the time. <laughs> happens all the time. You know, it's just like when Scientology when people blow what they call blow. Yeah, it's like yeah. They, they just like take off. Yeah, it happens all the time. That's why they like follow each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People just flip out and be like I can't do this yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah. You know. And um, I gotta I, get high and fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think for me, I took. I thought like that's what people do. That's what normal people do. Yeah, so I got. Yeah. I, I just want to do what normal people. I didn't know that. Like no, not everybody does that. Right, it took right. me a few years after leaving to go like. I go like okay. We're like when's the orgy starting? When's, right, right. When people are like no, that's not what normal people do. Yeah, <laughs> extremes to extremes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, so. Yeah, and part of that too was that um, I ended up getting kicked out, which is what they call disfellowshipping. And most people take that as just a um, a term, like a, a jail term or you know a punishment term, where you get kicked out for a year or two years or whatever. You show up at the meetings, nobody talks to you, and you kind of work your way back in. You write a letter and you get back in. I had no idea how the process actually went. Mm-hmm. Uh, until I was actually kicked out, which I was surprised by. I was actually surprised I kicked out because I confessed. I said everything. And I was always told, as long as you go and tell what you did and you confess, they'll work with you. And I did. And they were like, yeah, you're out. So you're not going to be able to talk to your mom, your friends, anybody um, that you know, because pretty much I made that my only social circle wow. at, at that point. And um, I didn't know that nobody, I thought that the, at least the elders, the older people would talk to me and work with me because I'm like, hey, I'm having a hard time. And because that's what they told you, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll work yeah. with you. And it was like, I'm having a hard time. I just want to sin all the time. And I, I, I need somebody to work with me. And they're like, well, your work is that you nobody's going to talk to you for a year. Wow. And that's it. And that autom- automatically, it just fell like a house of cards. I was just like, this isn't right. Yeah. And then I started thinking, like, Jim Jones had happened not too long before that. And I went... You know, if they're going to do this, and my mom, actually, I was living with my mom, and she kicked me out of the house. I had nowhere to go. I had my dad, yeah. which was a good thing, but a lot of kids don't. Yeah, yeah. Um, was he, he was he was in Flint? He was in Flint, yeah. yeah. He was in town. And I kind of, you know, our relationship had waned because I was so much into Jehovah's Witnesses, you yeah. know, so I wasn't spending as much time. But I'm so happy that I had him and my stepmom and yeah. my stepbrother and sister who, you know, helped me out and yeah, yeah. I went to college. and There was open arms to come. Open arms to come, great. you know, and went yeah, right yeah. to school. Yeah. And I had no idea that that was available to me, right. you know. Um, and it was still That's a really hard nice, transition. But shit, if you didn't have that, it oh, could have yeah. been terrible. I talk yeah. to people all the time who who don't have that. Yeah. Like, where am I going to go? I, you know, I, I want to leave this religion. It's just kids who, you know, come to a realization that they don't want to do this anymore, but what are they going to do? Yeah. And I think for me, that's part of what I did was um, there was just a part of me that just said, you got to get out of this and no matter what it takes, get out. Yeah. And so I think that was the whole night that I did that. And just me not wanting to admit that to myself. Right. Because it was just so easy after I saw the way that they treated me. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. this isn't right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was that the first time you had sex on that, on that yeah. blowout? Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow, you really. <laughs> and, I, and, and I should say party. too, I said, it wasn't really like real sex. Like yeah, it was yeah. like barely, like, I hadn't done anything. So. Right. But to me, it was like, oh, I'm, I had sex just 
it's like somebody barely touched me, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I did do drugs, though. Yeah. yeah. Well, yo, sure. Yeah. Sure, of course. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying you're a nerd. <laughs> and I did the drugs because I'm like, well, they're here, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I might as well like go live it all up. Right, right. Really yo, bad. sure. If you're gonna sin, you might as well, yeah. Yeah, don't do that, kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> might as well uh, lay with beasts. You know? <laughs> yes, Why not? I would have. I would have. <laughs> That's what we were doing, right? <laughs> Got any goats? <laughs> Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Can't you tell my love's a girl? So you start then doing comedy, you start mm-hmm. doing stand-up, mm-hmm. and uh, but you eventually you get into there's a second city in Detroit that mm-hmm. you did too. Yeah, I was doing uh, stand-up and I had just started to work with a, um, a, a sketch group because mm-hmm. I kind of like that was what I wanted to gravitate toward anyway. You know? Yeah, yeah. So many stand-ups at, then at that point. Um, but I started it's to like more fun too. Yeah, I like well, being on stage with other people. I don't like working, being on stage alone too much. I like doing characters. I like, yeah. and another thing is, I wanted to get outside of myself and be different people. You know, yeah, yeah. And, and I could do that a little bit in stand up, but it was hard. You know, it's hard. You know, you're like now I'm going to do this guy. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> um, but I found um, a, a group of guys that I started doing uh, these sketches with at, the, at a club, at Chaplains in Detroit. And um, we got a night uh, actually for a while, and so we were doing that. And then they um, they said they announced they were going to open up a second city in, in Detroit. And wow! I'm like, oh, I, I want to do that, and so I auditioned. And I had actually the the group that I was working with, we got together from a lady who was a doctor in Detroit, and she would take classes in Chicago. She would she was rich. Her her husband played for the Tigers, yeah. Detroit Tigers. So she had enough money to go. She would fly to Chicago on the weekends and take classes. And bring back and, her knowledge. And bring back her knowledge. And yeah. she brought this and she's like, I want to do a show like they're doing th- this thing called Second City. And so the guys in my group, we entered and we got into her show because she's like, I want these sketch performers. Yeah. And she brought us to Chicago to watch a show. Oh, wow. And so when they announced that they were going to open one in Detroit, I'm like, oh, great. Now I don't have to move to Chicago. It's great. Because uh, I was thinking about moving at that point. Mm-hmm. I'm like, and it was between going and to you're Chicago. you're 20, 21 at this point? At that point, yeah. yeah. 22, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'd gotten some, you know, some brochures from Chicago. And then I also found out about the Groundlings here mm-hmm. in L.A. And I was going to do one or the other. And yeah. And they said, oh, we're going to have one in Detroit. So I auditioned and, and got in. And how long were you there? Uh, Second City. Well, I was in Detroit for a year. Yeah. And then I went to Chicago. Oh, you just 
what was that decision just like you um, wanted the real deal you know kinda? SNL nobody would come and watch us oh. <laughs> so SNL wouldn't come. they were like no uh, can we get a, a flight out the same night and they're like no and they're like well then we're not coming to watch anybody there oh. so uh, I was like well I think I need to go to Chicago do a show in Chicago was it the same in that it had a school attached mm-hmm. yeah so or, but did you go through classes or were you on stage right away because they, you had already they picked a cast um, and then they put us through classes so they had some uh-huh. people come from Chicago and then we actually went to Chicago for a little while too yeah. and um, and they and I mean we did what people would do in their levels we did that every day so I we see. were going to class like five days a week wow before the show opened wow yeah. wow and uh, and how long were you in Chicago did did you like was it an easy transfer like did you it was. I gotten to know a lot of people. There were a few people at that point who'd come from Chicago and joined our cast in Detroit, so I knew a few people. Um, Adam McKay and yeah. a bunch of these guys came down one night and improvised with us. And so In Detroit? In Detroit, yeah. Oh, wow. So I knew all those guys. And so yeah. when I moved to Chicago, Adam was uh, moving to New York right at the same time. Yeah. So I took his apartment. Oh. And, uh, and I lived in that apartment. So it just, it just, you know, everything worked out. Right. At that point, I was married, and so I was going back and forth. I was doing shows in Chicago, um, like Thursday through Sunday, and then I would go live my life in Michigan. Oh wow, your wife was still there, yeah. Yeah, I did that for a year. Wow, she put up that with that for a year. Wow, wow, and then it was done, or (laughs) she didn't want to put up with it. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got married like right, uh, almost a year after I left the Jehovah's Witnesses, which is probably the wrong thing to do. (laughs) Yeah, probably. But I didn't want to sin anymore. I was still had a little bit of that. That's what I was just going to ask. I wondered if it was like a hangover of of guilt and that you like, yeah. Yeah, nobody told me like, hey, you don't have to be married. Right, 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 right. (laughs) Like, no, yeah, yeah. God God really doesn't give a shit. (laughs) Yeah, I was really trying to live that lifestyle. My whole thing was like, well, that is wrong but what i learned was right you know so i learned what i thought was the bible and the, and the right way to live and and i'm still going to do that yeah yeah um but um i'm just not going to go to that church or whatever right you know? right so uh so um you didn't have kids with your first wife or anything, did you? No, we did have a stepdaughter. Oh, you did have a stepdaughter. Yeah, but yeah, my yeah. My, uh, my wife then was, <laughs> I married a woman that was much older than me. Oh, really? So like 20, I got married when I was 21, and I think she was 33. Wow. Wow, wow. So she had a daughter that was you know, almost a teenager. Yeah, yeah. Married, so. Is that Yeah, it, so we're, it, I was closer what, to my daughter's age it? and my wife. <laughs> Was it? Oh my God, that's weird. Uh, was it like a misplaced mother thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was many times where I had to wake up and go, "Mom, I mean, honey, <laughs> honey." <laughs> oh, that is weird. Because uh, were you? I mean, what was your? I, I guess I, I gotta ask about what was your relationship with your mom like after you left? Um, I didn't talk to her, and I- pretty much. And has that continued or? She just died not too long oh, ago. Oh, I'm that, sorry. That continued all the way up until then. I The first time I talked to her, um, it, it, there was a couple of times I talked to her. I talked to her once after I was in SNL. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, there would be a few times where I'd like call her and say, hey, you know, I still love you. I'm still here. And then that would be the end of the conversation. No, nothing deep. What are you doing? Where are you living? None yeah, of that yeah, stuff. Yeah. And then before she died, um, I found some relatives um, or some relatives found me and told me that she was sick. She had ALS. Uh-huh. And so she was starting to deteriorate at that point. And so we did 
talk a little bit, you know, yeah. as soon as she found out she had a grandson and all that stuff. Oh, wow. So we were able to oh. reconnect a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Bit, Did you yeah. see her before she passed? No. Oh. No. Never, wow. never made it out there. Wow. And she still, it was up in Flint? She she had moved, actually. I didn't know where she was. Oh, wow. She, it had been that long. It had been 20 years, pretty much, since wow. I talked to her and uh, at all. Yeah, and, yeah. And even in those conversations, none of those conversations, when I did talk to her, were m- meaningful. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like I said, she didn't contact me. I had other relatives who weren't Jehovah's Witnesses contact me and yeah. say, hey, maybe you should uh, contact your mom. And right. I was surprised that she ne- actually talked to me then. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean— like you know, I it seems like a silly question, I guess, but like, is that hard, or do you get used to it after a while? I mean, or is there always kind of this missing thing? Oh, I mean, it was always this missing thing. I think I just, you know, I had other parents, yeah. So it kind of like my stepmom, yeah. yeah. You know, even when I we did a Mother's Day special on SNL, and my stepmom came, yeah, you know, yeah. And I, that was, and I grown up with them almost as much. You know, I was on my dad at my dad's house on the weekends. You yeah, know, yeah. So she became my mom. Yeah. And um, but there was still always a hole of like there was the person that I spent all my time or most of my time with. Yeah. You know, from until I was a teenager. Yeah, yeah. Um, and really did have a close relationship, and I knew more about her, and she knew more about me than anybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that was one of the reasons why I started. I really wanted to be on television because I always wanted to go like, hey, I'm doing okay. You can right, see me. Right, right, right. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah. So now I'm like, well, what do I do now? <laughs> There's nobody to watch. <laughs> I should find another career now. You know what? You should, you should do a musical about Michael Jackson's glove. Because, <laughs> you know, she probably wouldn't approve. Like, now's your chance. Um, yeah, it is weird. Because I haven't talked to my dad in years. Mm-hmm. And there was just, it's just, there was, you know, the relationship kind of turned toxic. And it was, uh, it, it just made sense to not keep in contact. Mm-hmm. And it, it is weird how, like, I mean, because, yeah, there's definitely kind of, and I mean, you know, my folks divorced when I was four. Mm-hmm. So, and I've said this on here, too, that, like, he wasn't really present. So, mm-hmm. like, there, I don't have, like, I didn't have, like, a real male role model that was really present. I mean, my I had an uncle, sort of, and I would sort of glom on to different kind of male role mm-hmm. models. But mostly it was just like I was just surrounded by women. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is weird how kind of like there's still this, there's this efficiency that happens, mm-hmm. you know, where it's kind of like, like it does bother me that I don't talk to him. But then I, but. You uh, move on. And, and I, you know, and you get, like, updates mm-hmm. that tell you, like, well, okay, yeah, this, I, it's... It's still the same way. Yeah. Yep, that's, that's kinda, the way it was for me, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and I call it, and go, like, eh, it's And I wish way. it weren't, but, it, you know, it's like, it just feels like it w- I would just be going back to the same thing that, you know, the same sort of toxicity that, mm-hmm. that you know, fucked it up in the first place. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, it's... It just, it's, it just, you know, it's, it's sad and it's weird and it, you know, but you know. Well, you have kids, and so I do. That, that and that's why I say, like, like being a dad. I just, I've said this before in here. I just, I'm a mom. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> like, I just, I know how to mom more than I. I mean, mm-hmm. and I, you know, there, uh, there is sort of, I think, like, just 
preternatural differences between the way males react to children and females react to children. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I'm not a mom, mm-hmm. but I mean, but I do like, like m- my love for my kids isn't tossing a ball around the yard. It's cooking. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> it's, you know, it's, uh-huh. uh, it's, and you know, so it's, uh, but yeah, I don't, it was, I do have kids and I, and I, you know, I think I'm a pretty good dad. Um, yeah. I, I know you are. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, but it's also, you know, I mean, I worked at it, but I, yeah. it's also just part of the work of working on myself. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. you want to be a good dad, you got to, you know, you can't, you can't avoid your own bullshit. You got to figure that out before you can be a good anything. Well, you know, you know that. And that's yeah. the thing is like, I'm sure that that's applied, you know, your experiences apply to like how, how much of a father you are now, yeah, what yeah. kind of a father you are. I mean, that's exactly the way it is with me. Yeah. How it's, old is yours? Is it a boy? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Two. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It took me a while. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's gotta, that's gotta be exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. It's still yeah, yeah. an exhausting phase. Yeah. Yeah. How old are you, may I ask? Uh, 52. 52, yeah. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm 53. Mm-hmm. A two-year-old at this age. I know. Everybody's like, whoa. <laughs> I happily forgot about it. I ask people about stuff, and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, you don't get any sleep. Yeah, yeah I forgot yeah, about yeah. that. Because <laughs> I no, forgot about it on purpose. I forget. Yeah, I, definitely. You're, you know, like there's like a shark brain, mm-hmm. especially with children, because uh, if you – Hold on to how fucking hard it is. You won't. You only you have do it. one. You only do it again. You'll only have yep. one because yep. it's really, you know, it's really just like you gotta. And also, you just gotta, you know, you gotta be ready to just give it Dive up into it. Yeah, yeah, you gotta just be ready to like. It isn't about me, yeah. you know. Like boo hoo, <laughs> buy me, you know. Um, <laughs> so uh what gets you out of chicago or uh, you know do, is it snl uh no i did um um mr show with uh Bob oh, right, and David. right 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 i gotten to know those guys they actually came when they were putting this show together they came to shoot a sketch in detroit for some reason they were like they wow. wanted an industrial place and uh director tom janice was uh he was working with them a little bit so he's like hey i got some people you know this cast in second city you can shoot some sketches with them, and so I got in touch with Bob and David. Got to know them. Oh, so it was. Bef- it wasn't before the show. It was. It was when they were making Mr. When they show. Were, and they were still doing. I think they were doing like a live show in yeah. Santa Monica, and they were kind of like it was the, the concept of the show on HBO. Yeah, but it was a live show. Right. So they were showing sketches um, as they were you know performing them on. Oh, stage. so these Detroit <laughs> sketches were just for a live show. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Which they ended up using in the show. In, oh, cool. In the show like at. And I think not even like the first season. Yeah. Um, but I kept in contact with him and he's like, hey, if you ever want to come out to L.A. And then they had some actual sketches that they could use me in. And yeah. um, so I, I made the move. Yeah, and, yeah. So, yeah. Because they didn't have like a real – well, they there wasn't like – it was all piecemeal when you worked for that show, right? They did, I mean, no, but there was no sort of – a cast? cast. They did. They oh, did. they did have a yeah. cast. Yeah, I, I think by the by the time I came, which is like the last season, yeah. fourth season, they had pretty much said, okay, yeah, you know, all these guys are in the cast. Yeah. A lot of them were writers Tompkins, too. Jay Johnston, and mm-hmm. yeah, was Marilyn Reichkub? Not that year, but the year before that. And Karen Kilgariff was mm-hmm. she? Yeah, Karen. yeah, yeah. Um, Tom, really? Tom Kenny. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right, right. Uh, was Jill Talley Jill, on it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Jesus Christ, what a talented fucking bunch that was. Mm-hmm. That yeah. show is fantastic, yeah. It was a lot of fun to do. It was a bad experience for me to learn like that way of sketch comedy because I went to SNL after that. And, uh, right, right. Where it was like, oh, they get to do whatever they want. And, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, and they're doing this like 
stuff, you know, whatever they're they're doing is like they're mixing sketches together and they go in and out and right. they can experiment and all this stuff. And right. then you go to a show that's like, no, we've done it this way since 1975 and we right. stay up all night to write and that's the way we do it. Fit in this box. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Um, when, so how long were you in LA before you went to New York? A couple of years. A couple of years. Mm-hmm. And uh, what, what it, when you drop into SNL, mm-hmm. what's, I mean, what's that like? Um, I mean, you know, I guess everybody was it through McKay. Like, was that sort of your? At that point, I knew everybody. You know, so you know, Tina was there. Yeah, uh, Horatio. Um, I had met with um with Lorne um the year prior. I would. I just happened to um to be in New York. I was working for Michael Moore. Uh He was also from Flint. And um, and McKay oh, for one of his TV shows, yeah, for the oh, Bravo okay. show. Yeah, McKay yeah. hooked me up with him, and uh, we got to know each other. And he's uh-huh. and he started doing this uh, a, another show on Bravo. He had already done the one on NBC, right? And he and I was a correspondent. Uh huh. And so while I was in New York working for him, um, Lauren wanted to meet with me, so I, I met with him, and he's like, eh, you maybe you want to be a writer or something?" I'm like, "I don't know." So he invited me to the show to come and see the show. And I was like, tonight? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, what, how do I do that? And he's like, just show up. <laughs> so I came to the show, and then uh, he hired me as a writer. Like, oh, wow. The summer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then <clears throat> when do you start doing stuff on the show? The first show. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I don't think Lauren wanted that, but... Uh, I- <laughs> were there just... Were there, was it like, we need a black guy? If I may, if I may be so blunt? Yeah, um, well, the thought was... Tim uh, Meadows was still there yeah. when I met with him, and he wasn't sure whether he was going to leave or not. Oh, I see. And um, he and he told me that he's like, y- you look a lot like him, you know, at that point. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's like, so I don't know if it will work with you in the cast, but you know, we have writers, we've warehouse people as writers before, yeah, yeah, and Spade, yeah. and you know, different. It's people. so funny that like basic shit like that. <laughs> You look like him, so fuck you. You know, I, I you know, I I thought that anyway. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. Tim were friends. You know, yeah, yeah. From Second City, and so um, well, you're both very handsome. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and he's and he's in uh, a Michigander too. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, um, so yeah, I'd gotten to know him, and uh, I kind of figured that anyway. And then by the t- by the time the show first show came around, Tim left, and so I'm like, oh, uh-huh. wow, my opportunity. Aha. <laughs> um, and so, do you are you doing regular? You're just, are you a featured performer? I don't remember. Or, or are you just a writer that happens to get into bits? Yeah, kind of in between that. Yeah. Um, and then they went. Are ahead you and in made the credits? Oh, you're in the credits. I was in the yeah, credits. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they shot my credit sequence early on, so that's what told me. I'm like, well, then I might as well write a sketch. Then <laughs> <laughs> I think Lauren's idea was, which they would do a lot of people, like maybe around May, maybe at the end of the season. You yeah, know, yeah. Get you in something, and I'm like, yeah, I wrote this thing, and I got to be in it. He's yeah, like, yeah. Okay, you'll see how it goes. <laughs> Did you you had a good relationship with him? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's. No. A, it's weird because he is sort of like, you know, he was the executive producer of Late Night with Conan O'Brien, mm-hmm. and he's like kind of revels in being a bit of a dick, you know? Kind of a little bit. Yeah, yeah. he sort of likes it, and I mean, it's kind of funny in a uh-huh. way. Like he came down once. Because um, when I say he was a hands-off executive producer, I should I could put I could print hands-off executive <laughs> producer on a banner and fly it across the sky, and it would be an understatement. Uh, but he came. We had one of our Christmas parties in the studio, mm-hmm. 
And he came down and it was late. And I mean, like people are smoking weed in my dressing room and stuff. And he came down and, and he's, he walked in with like one of his, you know, interchangeable assistants and, or two or three of them. And he walked in and he went, oh, Andy, oh, you're still on the show, eh? <laughs> I and I, I think I said to him, I said like, yeah, aren't you an executive producer? It's something you, I think you would know, you know, you could check in every now and then. Cause he, uh, <laughs> he, he came to the first taping, the first test show. Mm-hmm. And then, and they would set up in our little backstage area, um, a bar table, a round bar height table, mm-hmm. two director's chairs, a bucket oh. of popcorn and an ice bucket with waters in them. So the same. His, his, that's his setup at SNL. That's his setup at SNL. <laughs> yeah. And we had to set that up just in case. Mm-hmm. Just in case. Always? Always. I didn't know that. It was there for about a year. I didn't know that. And I mean, and it was not a very big space. <laughs> right. It was like in the yeah. middle of this very small space yeah, that you had to was really small. navigate around. <laughs> <laughs> and I was actually there backstage before a show when uh, our our old, our prop master Bobby Bowman mm-hmm. was uh, had set it up and then he and and I, there was something like people were coming and going and it was in the way and he went like and he just said like you know what fuck this I'm not doing this anymore <laughs> and he just took it away and it never was there again it never got set up again so yeah. <laughs> but yeah he's um, yeah he's I, I mean there's so many people that like Tim Tim Meadows will tell me like best friends yeah well he, he said yeah. was, he's like He's like I can't I can't say a bad word about the man because and I then so many people are that way because mm-hmm. he has done so much for so many people. I can't say I mean now I, yeah, I feel yeah. like I have a good relationship with him. You well, know? and to yeah. be fair, once I took my son to the show mm-hmm. um, a few years ago when we were in New York and and they asked they asked me to come. Somebody came and said to me, "Come, Lauren wants to say hi," mm-hmm. and he was absolutely lovely yeah. and gracious. You know, so yeah. I mean, I just think. He's he's a funny man, but his funny is like a very weird, salty funny. You yes, know? yes, yeah. very peculiar. And he and he and he does things. I mean, everybody knows. Like you know, if you ever meet with him, the first time you meet with him, it's going to take get, two hours. Yes, but you they, have to. You know, they keep you waiting. They keep yeah. you waiting. Yeah, I, the same thing. So there's that. But then there's also he can be very gracious, very very funny too. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's a very funny, dude. Yeah. Um, and he knows what's funny, obviously. Yeah. Um, and he's talented. I mean, you know, he's had a show going for a long time. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. He also, I'm just remembering too, uh, our debut night, mm-hmm. uh, September something, 1993, mm-hmm. our first show on the air. Uh, and we had a party afterwards at the 21 Club. Mm-hmm. So I went up to my office, like, to just, like, get my bag or something. And, and on my desk, and I, this went, this was given to everybody in the staff. It was like a... Tiffany desk clock. Mm-hmm. It was a box and it was a Tiffany desk clock with late night with Conan O'Brien and the date. And there was a card in it and everybody got the same clock. Everybody got the same note. And it said, it has been a pleasure working with you. Lorne. <laughs> We're getting fired. <laughs> He's firing. The whole show. Everybody's like, nah, what does that mean? It has been a pleasure working with you. Oh, no. and, I just, and, and I just feel like, that's not an accident. You yeah, know? yeah, yes, yeah. You know, because it's like, <laughs> it's like, you know, congratulations is a lot yeah. easier than it has been a pleasure working with you. Mm-hmm. And there's part of, and there's part of me that sort of like 
initially was like, oh man, that's fucking mean and weird. And then there's another part of me that was like, eh, it's actually kind of kind funny. Of funny. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Yeah. I, you know, since then I've worked with way worse people. You oh know. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Four worse people. Yes, so, yes. you know, who are just outright. Lorna seems just be, um, just have his own whatever, you know. Thiefdom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 And it's just a weirdness, you know, yeah, yeah. that he's always had. And yeah. I think it's up just because he's comfortable working that way. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Well, I mean, you know, this is, you know, how many people are we blessed with in our lives mm-hmm. that make us laugh thanks to, you know, yeah, definitely. him going, and yeah, you, mm-hmm. uh, yes, you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's right. So, yeah. so what happens, uh, is is it a good atmosphere while you're working there the whole time? I mean, it's it seems like, because I know with Tina there, was she head writer at that point? Uh, yeah, uh, no. No, um, it was, she was going that way, but I think Adam was still there. Oh, Adam, yeah, 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 yeah. Because that was like, that was I think a new sort of. Because when we started in '93, mm-hmm. it was not because I had friends that worked on the show, sure. and it was not a pleasant atmosphere, right? Yeah, yes. especially for women. I think it was, yeah, because like I had women friends that worked on it, and I would hear stories that were just like, "Oh fuck, that's mm-hmm. terrible," you know. It had turned the corner by then. Yeah. I mean, that was first one of the first things he said to me. He's like, you know, this is a girl show now. So you had like Molly and uh, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, Anna, thank fucking Gaston. God, it's a girl show. Yeah, I mean, Jesus. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think that you know when I when we grew up, you know, we, we watched it. I think it was kind of a boy show. It, it, it appealed to like the sensibility of a teenage boy. Yeah, yeah. But, it, but girls show, stay up at light late at night on weekends too. You right, know, right, right. Home. Um, and it and it worked out that way when they started doing sketches that. That featured uh, a lot of the female performers. Yeah, and yeah. And girls started watching more. Yeah. Well, I always just think the basic thing about, you know, I find this on, like, one thing that I really like about Twitter is how how I know there are so many more funny women that I know mm-hmm. about now. Mm-hmm. And then have ended up getting to know personally oh. because of the, because Twitter is kind of like a very egalitarian platform. Yeah. Like, it doesn't, you know. There, everybody, you just put something out there, and it's funny, and it, or it's not funny, <laughs> and it's. And I think that like there's nobody, there's no booker in a stand-up club. There's right. no casting person. Yeah, it's just it's and and I've always said like it's not like I'm some kind of big feminist ally. It's mm-hmm. just that comedy has been so fucking male yeah. for so long that like a woman's perspective of being funny is just like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. that's different. Yeah. And it is different. You know, yeah. it's not always different, but it is, you know, it's, and, and that's why I like, you know, that, that era of SNL was really, really, really funny stuff, mm-hmm. you know, with, a- with Amy Poehler and mm-hmm. Tina there and Molly, you know, it just really, mm-hmm. thank God, you know, cause it just, and it was also seemed more collaborative than previous yeah. incarnations of the show. Yeah, I think, well, you know, they got into kind of the star power thing, yeah. you know, they, and a lot of the guys, you know, and the girls, even before then, they started to hire people who had already been famous. I think that that kind of was hard for them. Yeah. Because um, right, right before I came there, you know, they had uh, Chris Elliott, Jeannie Garofalo. Yeah. And a lot of those people had worked a lot, you know, before yeah, yeah. then. And I think that that, it worked out better to get people who were newer to yeah, yeah, yeah. Business, you know? Yeah, and that was also, yeah, that was, and that was rough. That was, mm-hmm. Chris and Janine were friends of mine. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember uh, going, because we used to go to the after parties, because mm-hmm. they're like, you know, it's like I, you know, I was in a different class at the same high school. Right. So I could get into the party whenever I wanted. Sure. 
And uh, and I went, I went once. And Chris is, you know, like I, I haven't talked to him in a long time, but we're pretty good friends. Mm-hmm. And I saw him and uh, he was eating. And I walked up to him and I said, I said, hey, I saw the show because we watched it at home. I said, I said, hey, I saw the show. It was really funny. And he, and he looked at me and he went, no, it wasn't. <laughs> I hate myself. <laughs> With a big mouthful of food. And I was like, all right, well, honey, I'll talk to you later. You finish your dinner. You know? <laughs> so, like, yeah. Well, so that's like pretty, that's, that's pretty Chris Elliott. That's, okay. That's what you want out of your Chris Elliott. Uh-huh. Uh, um, <laughs> so what happens when, I mean, how does it, how does, how do you end? That how year. How does it end? How do you, how do they end it? That year, they, I got fired. Uh-huh. Um, well, my contract ended. Yeah. Uh, but I was also, by the end of the year, like I said, I'd had this experience in, in LA. I'd done, you know, Mr. Show and I had people in LA, you know, yeah. and I was always constantly going like, can you come back? You should audition for this. I'm like, I'm doing Sarah Live. Like, right, you know. right, right, right. Um, so I, I felt the pull back. I, w- I was definitely going to go back in the summer. And, yeah, yeah. Um, and then there was a, a big uh, to-do with almost half the cast, like if they were going to come back. They wanted to cut the cast. It was a big cast, too. Yeah. It was hard to get a lot of airtime in because there was so many talented people. And um, they let two of us go. They let me and Chris Parnell go. Chris ended up coming back to yeah. the show. Uh, I just moved back to L.A. and just started doing yeah, started yeah. working. Um, so yeah, that was it. And and also nine eleven happened in between that, so I was really ready to get out of New York. Oh boy, wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um so you weren't it wasn't like a crushing disappointment or anything. Um I mean I was yeah, I was mad. Not, but uh, Yeah, and I guess it's never good to not be renewed. Yeah, and everybody was really supportive then, but I, but I was also, you know, I had an attitude too, you know, and and I, I I thank myself for that attitude that I had then because you know that was really what I think um, at that point you're trying to get your identity, your comic identity. Yeah. And for me, that's what I wanted to be, and I didn't want to wait. I didn't want to you know sit back and wait to be in sketches and. Um, and I should have left, you know, go and do something else, you know, if yeah, I'm going to yeah. have to you know, wait to, to be on air. Um, so I'm happy about that. And I'm, since then, I've gone back and guest wrote. And, oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. So, yeah. So you come back out here mm-hmm. and, and, and then sort of what's next? Are you, now, are you single at this point? Or mm-hmm. you, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I I didn't get married up, up until a couple of years ago. So, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Are so you still married? You're still married? And yes. Yeah, yeah, so I, okay. I, well, I just got married a couple of years ago. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because I didn't know because in in my notes there was something about you being divorced, but I didn't know if it was yes from now, the first time. Yeah. I got divorced um, right before I moved to Chicago. Right. Right. So to do um, or no, I, did, I actually was in Chicago for a year. I was going yeah. back and forth um, in Michigan. Um, and then um, I moved to Chicago. That's why I right now, do you think? Do you think getting divorced? So the way you got married, the way you got divorced, mm-hmm. did that scare you off marriage for a long time? Do you think? Um, no, I think more was that um, for me it was just I was just starting to develop a personality. I didn't know who I was, so yeah, yeah. I started really from ground one. Yeah. In a lot of ways, I feel like I'm 21 years younger. Yeah, until I look at myself in the mirror and I realize, no, I'm not. No, you're nuts, man. Because <laughs> it, it doesn't crack. It's true. It's true. I'm not 20. I don't look. I don't look like I'm 32, though. I don't know that. Um, but you know, I, I think it was just it took that time to. Get a personality to grow up, and and when I was an adult in my new life, that's when I knew that I was ready to get married. When I knew knew myself, yeah. You 
Yeah. yeah. And uh, so we come out here. Is there any – are you worried, like, that you're coming out back out here to kind of – uh, no, I mean, no, that's, that was the thing that's like, I've, things that started to happen for me, you know, yeah. people knew me out here a lot more than in New York. So I was comfortable in LA. I got yeah. to know a lot of people. Um, and I had worked on a few things since the Mr. Show had ended. And so I, I, I felt right back in the mix when I came back yeah, to yeah. LA. It, it was where I was comfortable. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Were there, were there, were there pretty steady gigs there or is it sort of like incidental yeah. stuff? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I started working on stuff right away. And yeah. at that point there was enough you know, things to do. Um, I did another sketch show for VH1. I wrote for some stuff for MTV. Yeah. Um, What's the mix in writing and performing at this time? I'm pretty much equal. Yeah. I'm doing a lot of stuff at that point that I'm writing too. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, much, Much just writing or or usually a combo? Usually a combo. Yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, yeah, that was my... That's what I wanted to do is I wanted to be out there, but I also wanted to create what I was doing. So I looked for those kind of opportunities. You yeah, know? yeah. But yeah, but I was also getting stuff where I was just writing or I wrote for um, a show on MTV. There was uh, these, a rap group out of Chicago that made this like sketch show. <laughs> wow. What was it called? I got the name of that group. They did um, their, their thing was they did a, a Shakespeare rap show in Chicago, a live show. And um, for some Ugh. reason, MTV was like, "Yuck, let's make a show." I <laughs> know. <laughs> and that show, I never saw it. I was, and they told me they were like, "Oh, you got to come see our Shakespeare show." I'm like, "Nah, you know, oh, I like you guys." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got, yeah, I need to have a positive opinion about you. <laughs> oh. And they they were a really cool. Guy. I liked working with them. They were, you know, really young. I think they were like in their early twenties or teens. You know, yeah. Then. So they weren't like <laughs> hip hop rap. They were like Hamilton rap. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of the sketches that we did were rap sketches, you know. I, I, we say Hamilton rap. They thought they were hip hop rap, but we, yeah, yeah, yeah now yeah. that there's, right. now that there's a difference. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, just, <laughs> you describe that and <laughs> it sounds like the worst fucking thing in the world. <laughs> no offense. I mean, you know, it's water under the bridge. <laughs> Jesus sure. Christ. I, I had a good time. sketch comedy. There was a couple of shows and I worked on a couple of them. Yeah. Um, there, were, there were these rap. There were other rap There sketch- were other ones. Oh yeah. my God. All done by MTV. Wow. Yeah, there was, um, there was one, uh, well, actually, it was right before I went to SNL. There was, uh, I forgot what the, and it was a group of guys then too. And that one was half comedians, half rappers. Yeah. And they would do rap sketches and then they'd do comic sketches. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they and the two didn't really meet. Yeah, yeah. Um, although the rap sketches were trying to be funny, but they rapped them. And so they were in a, the rappers were in a different room than the comedian writers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, That's how much they divided. Wow! But the wow. same show. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. crazy. It's a, it's amazing that genre didn't catch on. <laughs> really? I think they know. tried it. To get Rain's course. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, so are you? Uh, oh, I, I want to ask you about the the duo that you and Craig mm-hmm. had because that. Oh my God! When the first time. I think the first time I saw, well, you know what? I know. I think I saw you guys at Largo once, mm-hmm. and then I saw it was a, it was a bit on maybe some MTV thing yeah. on TV. Oh, yeah. I think there was the um, 
the comedy, like the comedy, uh, comedy central awards. Yes. That, that, uh, did you co-host? I think I hosted them. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. You hosted, and uh, we did it in that too. Oh my god, so fucking funny. We did it at Largo, and then uh, like a week later, we were on Bill Maher doing yeah. it. Yeah. Um, because he was in the audience, and yeah, that was yeah. like the we had and we had come up with it like that weekend, like yeah, a, a couple of days before we did it at Largo. Yeah. And it if worked. you, go, what, what would one Google to? You can Google somebody's fucking my lady. Can I say that? Yeah, sure. Somebody's uh, fucking my lady is the name of the song. Oh my somebody's god! Somebody's doing my lady was the clean version. Oh, that's <laughs> <laughs> nah, good. Um, yeah, and we, there's a Bill Maher version. There's a there's a HBO sketch sketch pad yeah, show yeah. they did, and then there's um, uh, the Comedy Central Awards yeah. version. Did you guys have a whole show that you did, or did no, it just like incidental just, for? We did that song because I knew him. And he was taking classes in Chicago when yeah. I was in Second City, and um, I knew him, and I knew that he could play the piano. And I came up with this amazingly idea. Amazingly well, you know. Yes, he's a really good musician. Yeah, wasn't he like a a musical youth pastor or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he did like um, that stuff, stuff uh, musical stuff in his church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I knew that he could play, and when I moved to L.A., um, I kind of lost contact with him because I thought he was still in Chicago, and he was a stand-up. He would tour and stuff like yeah. that. And so um, we had a mutual friend that was a writer's assistant. I was working for Martin Short, the Martin Short Show yeah. at the time. And um, she's like, hey, I know somebody you know, this guy Craig. I'm like, oh, I've been looking for him for two years. I got this idea for this song. Because that's how long I had it. Right, wow. And then uh, we finally met up, and I'm like, hey, I got this idea for a song. So we got, like, super high one night. <laughs> Started kicking around ideas. Yeah. With him with the, uh, and I had the tune in my head. Yeah. But I didn't have, like, the whole thing. And so we just kicked it around. And then it was like, well, let's try this tomorrow at Largo. Oh, wow. And we tried it. And, was uh, it at one of Paul Tompkins shows, or um, it was at the at that point in time the Monday Night Largo show? Oh, okay. Um, which would go through different hosts, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think so. That was like the, that was the cool like alternative comedy. It was thing. really yeah. awesome, mm-hmm. really fun, and such a great little room, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to see you there a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like you know, I could walk in the back door, right? And, you know, <laughs> I could park in the back and walk in the back door and not get my car. I can still kind of do that at Lar. I mean, Flanagan, mm-hmm. the guy that runs this this club. Largo is one of the nicest people in the world. Yes. So, yeah, yeah. He's very awesome. Very good to us. A lot of people in comedy. And and then I've met a lot of people in music through him. Yeah, yeah. Through that club. Yeah, there's definitely like a nice overlap of, of musicians that enjoy comedy and mm-hmm. comedians that are musical. So. Mm-hmm. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Can't you tell my love's a crow? When you're doing all this kind of, you know, you're kind of doing different stuff here and there. Um, I'm always, I always, because I think about the things that, like in me, like, like the things that I really wanted to go that didn't go. Mm -hmm. I mean, are there, because there, you know, there's jobs and then Mm -hmm. there's like, Oh boy, if this could happen, I it would be so great. And were there ones like that for you? You were involved in one thing. Um, and I want to thank you. I don't know if I ever got a chance to thank you. I did this uh pilot for HBO and oh, you yeah. were in it. And you were yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh I still haven't seen that, by the way. Why not? <laughs> I mean, I saw it once. I had to go to because you know, like they don't send you your pilot. Right, right, right. I had to go to the offices. And yeah, I just haven't been able to get a copy of it. Right, right. No, um, I've I've had the I did a pilot a few years ago for Fox mm-hmm. that I got to watch once. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, really? What are you protecting, really, you know? I, I mean, they probably figured I would put it on the internet, which I would have. Yes, of course. <laughs> Why not? So, Why yeah. not? Yeah, yeah. That's what Bob, Bob did that. We did a pilot for Fox, uh, a sketch show, and, yeah, he was, he was selling it for him. <laughs> 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 he's selling it. Yeah. But, oh, yeah, that's he passed hilarious. it around. And, yeah, yeah, and then, yeah. you know, now everybody's seen it, so yeah. I'm sure they don't, yeah, they don't yeah. like that. And who is that for? It was for Comedy Central, right? The, the one that you did? Yeah. It was um, HBO. HBO, right, right. Mm-hmm. And what was what do they say to you? Um, well, at that point, it was weird because HBO went through a weird like shakeup. Uh-huh. I don't know if you remember the when the um, the the guy who the programming director at that point got in trouble for beating up his girlfriend in Vegas. You remember? Oh, that? Oh no, I don't remember that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so he was obviously over, and then he left, and all the projects kind of just like. Oh, I hate when that happens. That has happened to me a couple times where there's regime change, and mm-hmm. then like f- fucking. Oh, my dog's here. She's she's protecting us. She's checking the perimeter and barking. Um, <laughs> but uh, where it's like there's a new a new alpha male mm-hmm. who needs to kill the offspring of the previous alpha male, mm-hmm. which is always so fucking frustrating, you know? Because I I did it. I had a I had a sketch comedy for Comedy Central that I a pilot that I was writing for them mm-hmm. that I really liked and that. That one, and that one really, that one stung too, especially because I had this, I had been the, you know, number one on the call sheet for three network television shows, Andy Richter Controls the Universe, oh, yeah. Quintuplets, and Andy Barker P.I. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, okay, now I want to do a, I want to do a sketch show. Uh, and, uh, you know, and I, I got the, a deal with Comedy Central and I, I, you know, I'm like arrogant. I'm like, come on. Fucking sketch show on Comedy Comedy Central. Central. Yeah, yeah, please. (laughs) This is a no-brainer. I got this in the bag. Um, And I I wrote the first first draft I wrote all myself. I wrote a bunch of sketches myself. And then they had Scott Ackerman and B.J. Porter come on and kind of help it out because I was going to need somebody to run it. And it was just so frustrating because they were like, it's so funny. It's so funny. And and, But they would – the guy kept telling me, He'd say like, uh, I don't know why these sketches all live together. Like, what's they're they're all so funny, but like, what's tying them together? And it's like, it's like, well, I'm in them. Yeah, I'm in all of them. But you know, I just I think that they just wanted, 
you know, they, they, their sketch shows tend to be about one, one thing. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's like, this is the sketch show about, like, there was, I think they had one, like, because I used to joke with them and say, I should just do the bong report. Mm-hmm. And I think that they yeah, actually right. did yeah. have, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, a show that's just everything's about weed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which I was just kidding. And, you know, I should have <laughs> fucking done it, you know. So, um, well, is there, I mean, uh, well, tell me about tell me about getting married. I mean, what, mm-hmm. how, did you were you thinking like it wasn't going to happen ever? Or? Yeah, I guess you know at that point, but I wanted I wanted children. I yeah. knew that I was like I think I'm mature enough to have a child now. Yeah, yeah. Know, and oh, how my, long ago was that? Um, a couple of years ago. Yeah, but, yeah. But oh, I started thinking about it like in my mid forties. Yeah, you know? yeah. And so I had to find the right person, right? <laughs> right, right, right. Yes. I That's think, important. Yeah. I think I also, um, like, I had gone through so many bad relationships and stuff like that. I just learned, you know, like, yeah. what I wanted. And uh, I'm glad that I didn't get married in between my first marriage and my last one. Yeah. I, I call it my last one because I do, I do not plan on getting married again. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I feel like I just know what it is now, you know, Um and, and my wife is a wonderful person, a great person. I just found the right person for me. Yeah, yeah. You know, just for me. Yeah. And maybe not right for anybody else. Um, I don't think anybody else will put up with what my wife puts up with. Yeah. Uh, we, we just work. What really do you mean well put together. up with? What are you? Just, are you just, moody? Are you anything? Yeah. You know, it's just me. You yeah. know, I mean, um, I really do think that it's hard for people these days to find people that are compatible because life is so complicated. You can do so many things by yourself yeah. uh, as an individual to find somebody that um, is into the same things that you are, that mm-hmm. likes the same things you are, that wants to to wants to wants do the same things that you do, has the same kind of passions and uh, and, and goals in life. Um, it's, it's hard. It, yeah. I, it really is hard. And I, I feel lucky that I found my wife. I, I, I really feel like I fell into it. I fell into, you know, like it's gotten better since, you know, we got married. Because That's great. I just was lucky. That How way. long were you married before you had uh, your son, right? Yes, two yeah. years. Yeah. So we had him right away. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. And what's his name? Uh, Mickey. Michael oh, Mickey. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. And um, were you, I mean, was it? Scary, or were you just mostly sort of excited about having a kid? Uh, mostly sort of excited. Yeah, yeah. I didn't was not thinking about the work and everything. Right. And none of that. No, it was just like, okay, I'm married now, and I'm in my fifties, so I gotta get this going. <laughs> <laughs> and she was obviously okay with that. Yeah, she's not a spring chicken herself. So oh, yeah. well, I'm sure <laughs> so she's we, glad to hear you say that. Yeah. No, <laughs> <laughs> no we said that right. at our wedding. Like, right, like, these aren't kids gonna get married right, right now. Right, right, right. Yeah, before the eggs rot, mm-hmm. you better, you know. Get on it. Better get on it. Um, yeah. Well, is there uh, is there something that you're that you're missing out on that you sort of wish that you would be doing more of? Or I mean, is there some dream project? Or are you going to have more kids? Or uh, you know, I'm still thinking about that. You know, now I'm, I mean, the fear of me being an older dad, and eh. like, you know, I know. And then I've eh. just met somebody who like had their first kid in their 60s. I'm like, what? Like, yeah, what are you yeah. doing? <laughs> um, you know, so uh, it, that kind of that's going away, and I'm also getting used to the fact of like, oh, it's not as terrible. You know, like, yeah, getting yeah, to sleep yeah. now, so maybe yeah. I might have another one, and but I have to do that soon. It's nice. It, it is nice to have. Because for there's five years between my kids, mm-hmm. and for years it was he was going to be an only child, mm-hmm. you know. Because I mean, you know, I just sort of 
do as I'm told. Uh, <laughs> so it wasn't really my decision per se. And, you right. know, and also, too, it's like I don't carry them. Mm -hmm. I don't feed them for the first six months or whatever. You know, mm -hmm. like it's like it's I'm my I it's I'm definitely a sidekick in that position, too. <laughs> uh -huh. You know, uh -huh. um, so I, but. It it was when and then when we decided to have another one. It was funny too because having a boy and a girl, yeah. everybody was like when because we knew we were having a girl and people would be like, "Well, you're all done. Well, you done it, yeah." And it's and I was kind of like, "Well, fuck you," you know, because it's like it's like you don't want to be told what your experience is going to be with your own kids, mm -hmm. but like within moments of having. A boy and a girl. I was like, oh yeah, this is this is kind of like a nice a nice complete set here, you <laughs> uh -huh. know. But I do think, and especially because five years was a good spread. I mean, I but because he was sort of not a baby anymore, mm -hmm. right? And and now that they're fourteen and nineteen, they're so close, mm. and they have such a really like. Uh, they're like each other's favorite person. Oh, that's right. And I mean, oh, that that's like, you know, it's like the feeling when your kid, you know, like eats a good meal. Like mm -hmm. you just feel like, oh, good. He's just, you know, like, you know, like just this satisfaction that your kids are safe and going to be taken care of. And the fact that they have that relationship to go through the rest of their life. Yeah. Oh, I feel like, you know. I could fuck up for a long time and they still would They've have got each know, other. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They've got each other and they will have that kind of like incredible nourishing relationship for the rest of their lives. It's really great. Did you miss the fact that they didn't go to school together? Five no, years no, because actually they did. Oh. They did because uh well, elementary you got. Well right, my son right. went my son went K through five to one school, and then he came to the school that my daughter was already going to, which is K through twelve. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, so, okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So okay. it's it's yeah. just like it's one of those LA schools that's mm -hmm. like uh, a huge sigh of relief that you don't have to go fucking through that process anymore of looking right. for you know. I just went to an orientation or or whatever open house for preschool. Yeah, two year old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then I had to go. Right, I have to fill out this application to go to this thing. And it was like, when I was there, I'm like, I don't want to buy this timeshare. <laughs> that was what it was like, like slides. And I'm like, I'm just like lost. I'm like, oh, yeah, why, yeah, what yeah. do you teach them? I don't know. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, preschool is preschool. I think so. You know, it's kind of just, it's, you're, again, you, you know, it's like with a dog, you're socializing. Uh -huh. You're like taking them, you know, to the dog park to just kind of get around. <laughs> Don't fear yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and also, too, the important aspect of that is the separation between yes. you and them. Yes. That's a big deal. You need, you know, it's, you You want to feel like, you know, you got a kid and you want to feel like, oh, I want you to know you're always taken care of. But that's not necessarily the best thing. You got to oh, yeah. create an individual. Individual, yeah, right. yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, well, um, there's more I than three we, questions. Yeah, no, I know, but I mean, they're <laughs> sort of the same topic. Uh, well, let's get to the what have you learned? I mean, what do you, mm -hmm. you know, what's what's the point of, of, of all of this for you? I mean, and it could, you know, it mm. doesn't have to be a work thing. It doesn't have to be a. Uh, yeah, I mean, a life thing too, right? It's, yeah. Um, yeah, I, you know, I feel like I'm at the point in my life now where, uh, I know too much. You were talking about Twitter, and um, and I just I'd learn. I just I just deleted my account. 
uh-huh. um, last week because it was making me so angry. And yeah. I think I've learned things of like, you know what? You, you don't have to do this. If it's making you angry every time you look at it, and usually it's you know, something political or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, just don't do it. Just, yeah. just, just, just don't do it. And getting rid of that account, like deleting it, I had the thing, like the screen up to delete it maybe right for a week. Oh, and I'm wow. like, okay, if it's this hard, do it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You got to do it. Like, yeah. it's addictive. And I, I wasn't tweeting. That's the other thing, too. Like, other people, like, they use it. They, um, you know, advertise whatever they're doing and stuff right, like that. Right, right. I wasn't doing that. I was just trolling people. I just get mad and, like, you know, go say fuck off to Donald Trump Jr. or something. <laughs> and, I'm like, That's, and then delete it later. I'm like, just, just, just right. don't do that. Right, you know, right, right. It's, n- it's not creating a good... Uh, life for yourself. Yeah. So I think I've learned things like that of like, you know, if I was younger, I probably would have been like, no, I can't quit this. I yeah. keep doing it. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, yeah. It's, I, now I feel I there's a, I have much better days now. Yeah. I'm like getting angry for no reason. Yeah. No yeah. reason. I know, I know. I, I mean, I go back and forth with it because I still do get a lot of good out of it. I think you do. And I do. Uh, thank you. And I do enjoy, I like Sharing jokes. Yes. And you you do that. I didn't do that. Yeah. See, I like just thinking of silly stuff and putting (laughs) it out there. And then, and also too, and this is like now, now that I'm divorced, it's, it's different, but like, especially like, you know, being married and having two kids, you know, you're kind of like, you don't do anything, (laughs) you know, you just kind (laughs) of at home a lot. Uh And I, and for me, it was an ongoing conversation with funny people Mm -hmm. And some of them, some of them I, I became IRL friends, you know, like, and, uh, and, but then there are also people that I talk to all the time who I really do consider like a friend mm-hmm. that I've never, never met, met. Mm-hmm. that I've never met. And that, you know, like I know them pretty well. And I, you know, I, it's, you're basically, you know, and you're like, you're, it's, it, you're, you're, uh, it's all brains, you know, it's, mm-hmm. and especially if you're funny and, you, and you're a joke person, it's like you're, you find your, you know, it's definitely there's people there that are like my kind, yes. my tribe. Yep. So I do derive a lot of good from it. Mm-hmm. And, and it is, you know, it is a good thing. Like it fucking matters when you're trying to sell something. Well, that's, that's the thing. Yeah. Like <clears throat> if you've got followers, it's a lot easier to sell a book or sell a show, show or whatever. Yeah. Cause you can say like, look, I can, I can advertise 30 seconds from now. I can be advertising to X amount of people, depending on how many you got. You got access to millions of people. And yeah. that, and that does matter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it does like, I do, you know, as someone who's, Politically active, mm-hmm. you know, kind of. I kind of backed off just this last year has been rough, so I wasn't going to really get down in the mix of politics. And I, you know, and I do a lot of biting my tongue these days <laughs> just because it's not, there's no, you know, there's, you can't not get shit for say, you say one thing about one candidate and another thing about, and you're gonna get shit from people. See, there you're old enough to know that, like, you know what? I'm not gonna wade into this. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, most of my friends that are in our generation know, like, you know, still in the primaries. I'll just, uh, I'll just see what's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. Where I see the younger people are like, no, it's yeah, gotta yeah. be Yang. Yeah. You know? <laughs> 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 you're smart enough to know, like, I'm not gonna like ruin this before right, the, the right. real deal comes up. Yeah, and it is like, and how much stress do I need and what am I really doing like right. that's I had that thing you know because like 
when I got separated, I really like just unplugged completely from politics. Mm-hmm. I like muted every political person on my timeline. I didn't I didn't watch CNN or MSNBC or anything <laughs> yeah. for like months and months and months because I just was under the I had the I was like a look, obviously all my tweeting in 2016 didn't work. <laughs> you know, I didn't really I didn't change the world with my cleverness. And uh and and B if I in terms of like my being informed about the election, which mm-hmm. is you know the the that's the sort of end result, like right. the, that that's the point of all of it. Sure. If I don't, you know, I don't even need to pay attention until like yeah. the day before Iowa, well, and that's it, the and, thing. It, and I, you know, and I'll be able to figure it out, you know. Well, that's the thing. I've never. I've never seen so many politically active people in my life until we had social media until to, after yeah, 2016. Yeah. I mean, I have friends of like, I'm like, you don't care about politics. And yeah. like, now you're like a diehard, whatever, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. whoever, Marianne Williamson supporter. I'm like, <laughs> this is insane. Yeah. You yeah. know, but I think that's also the proliferation of uh, social media and people are talking about it, you know, where like I'm, I, people, I'm like, you don't, you don't even care about this, but yeah. they do now. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Well, and I think also too, there definitely is a like, it, sometimes it feels like everybody's a professional wrestler cutting a promo, you know, and that's like, <laughs> and, they, and that, that can be pretty fucking fun, you know, um, but it just, you, you know, it does end up being like, it just gets depressing, you know, it just gets depressing, like to think, like just the way the election looks right now, it's just kind of like, oh, fuck. And I don't, I honestly don't think. Trump's going to win, mm-hmm. but it does. But it's like it's whoever like, gets there is going to be so beat up. Is it such a? It just like seems like such a clusterfuck right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. And then you got the whole, you know, and then the, you know, it, it's like as a depressive, uh-huh. you know, like just when I start to, you know, it's like the fucking world doesn't do you any favors now, aside from politics, because it's like you kind of start to feel good about everything. And then you remember, oh, yeah, the planet's dying. <laughs> oh, fuck. You know, like, so it just, it's it does, there's so much of it that kind of encourages apathy or like a protective kind of apathy, mm-hmm. you know, so. But you, well, get, yeah, you I mean, can't, you know, you can't, you can't, you can't. You got to do it. I think it's a thing that, that we're so connected now, and we, I don't think human beings were ready to be that connected. Oh, you yeah, know? yeah. We weren't that connected to somebody across yep, the world yep. and know exactly. We were affected by that yes, now. You know, yes. It used to be like, that's a million miles away yeah. if, if Australia is burning. I mean, yeah. it's terrible, but now we feel like I'm there. You know? Yeah, yeah. I'm doing a thing, you know, next week, you know, before and I'm sure that wouldn't have happened ten years ago. Sure, sure. Yeah, and I also think too. There's like uh, there's certainly, uh, and this is this yes, you know, depending on who I mean. That I, this is an incredibly pricky thing to say, but like there's some people that yeah, we don't need to hear from them. <laughs> like before all, like there's a lot of people we hear from a lot now that I'm kind of like yeah, it was better when we didn't hear from them so much when they didn't have a, a direct a line into my ear. <laughs> You know, or that's, my eyes. But that's so. the thing. It's like, you know, there's the good side of it. Like, oh, you get to, you know, keep in touch with people. And yeah, you yeah. can keep in touch with the person's thoughts that you really admire. But also yeah. there's people that you don't admire. And you're yeah. going to get to hear their thoughts too. Right. <laughs> you know. Well, now you have a podcast. I do. I do. I haven't been able to do it because I've been in rehearsal for this uh, show. But um, I've been doing this cult awareness podcast. That's a really interesting idea. Yeah. And how many have you done? 
Uh, about six. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we started in the summer. Do you talk to people like, you know? Try to most of the time. Yeah, yeah. have been in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, the last one I did, um, uh, I talked to, uh, actually, uh, he was a friend of mine. He wrote this book called The Cult of Trump. Uh-huh. And he actually helped me out a lot um, in the last couple of years when I was trying to get in contact with my mom. Yeah. Um, cult expert Steve Hassan. Um, but his latest book, he just decided to look at the commonalities between Trump supporters and he and was a, he was a cult member he was a Mooney oh wow um, and he's helped a lot of people leave cults so Scientology and, and Moonies and different other groups um, so uh, yeah he was the last person and I, I also interviewed which it hasn't gone up yet um, the whistleblower from the Nexium. I can't I'm, I'm upset I can't remember her name right now but she's an actress mm-hmm. but she was the first one to talk about she did the uh, interview with the New York Times, and mm-hmm. she got branded, and there was a CBC podcast that featured her. Um, she was the first one to tell, say what was going on inside that whole thing before. Is that he, the one in Hawaii? No. Um, it's, Nexium was nationwide, but it was based uh, on the East Coast. And that was the one that had a few actresses in it, um, and they were started to brand. <laughs> they were oh, my to God. I don't know what this. Wow. Yeah, and it was a big expose in the New York Times, and this guy, uh, Keith Ranieri, uh, was the leader of it. And, um yeah, it's it's a whole story of how well, it was kind of like a self help group, large group awareness kind of thing yeah. that kind of turned into this thing where the women, he, the women were starting to become his sex slaves. Yeah, and, and they were, it, it had, that boy that you know, <laughs> it goes that way. That yeah. sure does go that way a lot. <laughs> oh dear. So what's it called? The Cult Awareness Podcast. Cult Awareness Podcast, and it's wherever one gets one's podcast. Yeah, you can get it on uh, what's the Apple? Um, I forgot what's called podcast. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But if you just Google it, you you'll find it. Well, cool. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. And when is your when is your show open? What's it called? It opens. Uh, it's called uh, for the love of the glove, uh-huh. and it opens on the the twenty fifth. So I think by the time this is out, um, it'll be running, uh, and it's running at the uh, Center for Inquiry Theater. Oh the, yeah, the Carl Sagan Theater. Steve, oh, it's it Carl Sagan. It's Steve Allen. Um, the new place. They're the new oh, place right. now, and they named it after Carl Sagan. Oh, and cool. His wife. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's a, actually a really nice space. Nice yeah. theater. Yeah. I guess yeah. Nice the old one. That old place is great. Yeah. This is better. Oh, cool. Better, yeah. It's a little smaller. This, uh, the seating is smaller, but um, stage and everything is just really nice. Excellent. Yeah. Well, Jerry, thank you so much for coming. Thank you. This is a, a great conversation. Thanks a lot. And, um, you know, I, I'm going to check out the, the witnesses. <laughs> I'd rather for you to check out the show. <laughs> Get you tickets. I'll do that, too. I'll do that, too. <laughs> all right. Well, th- and thank you all for listening. And uh, we will uh, be back with you next week with three more questions. Bye now. The Three Questions with Andy Richter is a Team Coco and Earwolf production. It's produced by me, Kevin Bartelt, executive produced by Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Chris Bannon and Colin Anderson at Earwolf. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, associate produced by Jen Samples and Galitza Hayek, and engineered by Will Beckton. And if you haven't already, make sure to rate and review The Three Questions with Andy Richter on Apple Podcasts. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.